geeks of the industry. Greetings, fellow insomniacs, and welcome to another episode of the Creature Features Podcast, geeksoftheindustry.com. I'm your host, my name is Chunky Larry, and this week we're going to be talking a little bit more Great White North horror. We're going to be looking at the 1980 film Terror Train. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, you guys. I can't wait to discuss more Jamie Lee Curtis. However, before we get it going, trigger warnings. If you are opposed to sweet transvestites, um, maybe wait for the next one, next train to come along. If you do not like old 60s cowboys uh, conducting your train, hang out. Hang out. Um, another train will be arriving shortly. <laughs> if you are opposed to shitty Groucho Marx costumes, this ain't the one for you. And for whatever reason, magic makes your skin crawl. Um, is this your card? Anyway, if you are still ready to get in and ride on down this track with me, then all fucking aboard because we're going to get ready to discuss Terror Train in this week's Creature Features Podcast from geeksoftheindustry.com.
off your mask. Hey, 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 take it easy, man. What are you doing? Oh, my God. Stay with your date. I don't want to get back on that track. Nobody does. Help! Nice You'll die. This temperature, you'll die. You'll die. You'll die. Come on, Mo. Come on. the students aboard, it's going to be the one party to end them all. They're always walking out of my parties, but this time, you can't. Do you believe in magic? big college party. It's a joke. Goddamn practical joke. The scream in the night isn't the train. It's the terror at your throat. Terror train. I don't want to get back. This week on the show, we are going to be doing some more, uh, 80s horror oh no way uh, we will be doing some more Jamie Lee Curtis because because I want to and uh, we will be doing some more uh, Canadian tax shelter films because I want to uh, because we're, we're gonna be talking about uh, Terror Train the 1980 film Terror Train starring Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, you know the, the way that we do this, typically, is I go onto IMDb, I find a wordy uh, introduction, and that's kind of where we start, and then I just kind of talk about the movie. Um, so we're going to go with Humberto Amador's synopsis for the film, and he says... College fraternity prank goes wrong, and a student ends up in a mental asylum. Three years later, it's graduation time, and the members of the fraternity decide to have a costume party aboard a train trip to celebrate their graduation. Unknowingly to them, a killer has slipped aboard, killing them off one by one, disguised in the costumes of his victims. Of the victims. 
I said his. I I associated a gender. I I put I put, what 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 is what is what is, what is the new thing? Oh, you, you you can't put the the, the fucking columns or <laughs> what is it? I, I to me it's ridiculous. I you know I respect you if you decide you know that you were born a boy, but you you know, you look at yourself as a girl. You know if if you decide that you're a girl when you were born a boy, I'm gonna call you a girl. I I will say she and. Uh, you know, and all that shit, her, and, you know, because that's, it's not my place to be a dick like that, but it's, it's when you gotta add all this extra shit to it, where I'm just like, eh, do you though, do you, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's my ignorance of age, maybe, maybe because I'm not young, and I don't understand the way the world works like people that are half my age maybe maybe just possibly that's the reason why i don't get it but you know i respect you i just don't get it Uh, that's not that's not my understanding or awareness of whatever it is that you look at has nothing to do with my respect for you because i respect you regardless and I try to be respectful. I, I don't know. To me, that's simple. Uh, I shouldn't have to learn new shit to cater to you. Because you don't mean shit to me. I care about you. I respect you. I, I love you. You're a stranger, but I love you. You know, you're, you're just as valid as me. But I don't give a fuck about you. How can both of those things be true? Grow up and you'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, I, I think that, that that's the, the maybe a conversation that, that needs to be in this fucking film. Or, or this review for this film. Uh, because this is... This is an interesting one. Um... What starts off to me ostensibly is just like uh, your your run of the mill uh, lampoon movie or like a meatballs you know, very that, that that Canadian shit you know what I mean like lampoons I think is northeast and then um, Canada has their shit too I guess I don't fucking know I'm not Canadian I had a Canadian on. Uh, last week, but I didn't, I wasn't like, hey, yo, what's your comedy scene like, eh? (laughs) But, um, we're introduced to this fucking fraternity, and, uh, they are apparently medical students, or at least some of them are, and they're also practical jokers, and, uh, we, we figured that one out real fucking quick, because they do this real fun they do this real fun thing where they, uh, the, the, the character Doc, who, uh, I, I didn't even make this, you know, correlation while I was watching it, but, you know, when I did a little bit of looking, this is the, this is the fucking dude from Die Hard that, uh, calls fucking Bruce Willis, and he's like, oh, Bubba, Bubba, it is, you know, he's like Barry Pinchot, but, you know, not Barry Pinchot, and he's kind of a dick, and he's, you know, he's the one who's doing blow and shit. Uh, fucking phenomenal actor. Um, 
didn't know that. Didn't make that correlation until I did some some undebizzles. So, uh, the, the more you know, Rainbow Star. <laughs> but, uh, Doc, Doc is a dick. And, uh, this dick named Doc, he has a corpse hand that he shakes, you know, one of the, one of the pledges. And they have this thing that, um, I guess it's like a, like a rite of passage with this fraternity. I think they're called I Felt a Thigh or something like that. And, uh, they have these yarmulkes that they have to wear on their head until they fuck a chick in college. Um, and it's like a, like a badge of shame because you're not, you're not laying down the pipe. You're not, you're not, if you know, in there like Mario and Luigi, you know. <laughs> it's me, Mario, I plug a hole. <laughs> anyway, um, so, so that's, that's part of their frat and, you know, also part of frats in the 80s was, uh, homophobic hazing. <laughs> and, um, it, it's like, it's super homophobic, but it's also super gay. Um, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, so... Again, they're practical jokers, so they they get this this kid, and his name's Kenny, and he's you know, he's kind of bookish, and he's kind of effeminate looking, and and uh, you know he looks like DJ Qualls. It's fair, right? Everybody that's listening to this was just like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> but that's who he looks like, and you know it. And so anyway, they they get DJ Qualls. And they're just like, yeah, dude, Jamie Lee Curtis wants you to, wants to help you lose that hat, homeboy, you, you lucky dog, you, yeah, look at this. And they, they've got their token black, um, who's named Jackson, which I, um, I, no comment. <laughs> uh, they, they have Mo, who's, you know, the, the wingman of Doc. And uh, Ed, Ed is, you know, their their practical joker. Like in in the in the group of practical jokers, he's he's the walk walk walk. Uh, you know, he does voices and shit, and that's that's his role. So he's he's the wacky one of the wacky bunch, which is wacky. <laughs> so uh, they. They get. They tell Kenny that you know. Yeah, you know, she wants to totally fuck you, dude. It's like it's it's totally cool. Like don't even trip. She she wants to she wants to give you some. <laughs> and uh, so you know, again, like I said, they uh, they have access to fucking body parts because they're medical students and shit so um Jamie Lee Curtis is none the wiser because she's she's the star you know she's she's just a she's just along for like a prank she doesn't know what what the prank is actually gonna be she just knows that they're gonna pull kind of like a light hearted light spirited prank on this kid and you know it's like a bonding thing that they do you know just like when they paddle each other's butts you know it's just like that's how they bond right (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, you know, uh, we we shame our friends for not having sex because that's like that's like a bonding thing, right? <laughs> you know what I do? You know what I do with my friends? I'm, I I like mock them because they don't have nearly as much sex as I do. <laughs> it's like that's what I do because it's like, hey, you're not procreating. He must be a failure as a man. <laughs> It's cause look at how look at how we're bonding. <laughs> um, so yeah, he, he goes in and he he's he's awfully nervous. He's like Oh, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm gonna lose my virginity. <laughs> and and so Jamie Lee Curtis, even though she's not really like you know, she's just part of the prank. She gets into, like, pajamas. And <laughs> so they they get him in, into the bed. She's talking to lure him into the bed. And so he gets in there, and she tells him to kiss him, or to kiss her. And uh, he sees that the body is a corpse. It's like a, like a fucking opened up corpse and he starts freaking out and he twirls around and gets wrapped up in this because they've got like a mosquito nest around the bed <laughs> and he gets all tangled up in it and everybody comes out and they're laughing and they're like ah, you're weird because we made you look like a fucking necrophiliac <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we jump three years fucking later and uh, we are about to hop on the Wickman's Wake and uh, go for a fun little jaunt. Now, fun story, and it, you'll see at the beginning of the film that one of the little banners says Happy New Year that they throw into the fire, and I don't know if that's, you know, means that it was New Year's Eve, so three years later would mean that this is technically a holiday horror film because it's New Year's Eve that's that's a holiday right um I don't think that that's even really kind of uh they just say that this is an annual tradition that they do and though if it's New Year's Eve would they be graduating or is this a because if, if they're not graduating how is this their last big hurrah together um Anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, they quickly establish that there's no radios on the train because you're introduced to Karn, who's just like this, like, just good old boy who's like a, uh, he's a, he's a motorhome salesman inexplicably. <laughs> <laughs> like, like when I'm not riding the trains, I'm also selling motorhomes. Anybody want to win a bingo? <laughs> I'm all about transportation, Daddy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like these weird deviations that they think of for these characters. But you know, Karn is as homespun as they come, dude. Which is, is really. Just, he's like, he's hella fucking charming in this movie. And, uh, you know, he is played by uh, Ben Johnson, who is just a, you know, because that's that's the way that these these uh, 
Canada Tax Shelter films work is you get, you know, the hot young starlet and then like old Hollywood dude. So you've you've got name value associated and then everybody else is you know, these fresh out of college Canada actors and I fucking love it. I like I talked about it on the prom night reviews, but uh, there's just there's just something really fucking cool about young, hungry actors and filmmakers and you know crews that are trying to you know make a point. And I just I I would say that you know in my personal opinion. Um, there's there's flaws in this film some of the stuff is like yucky and hacky like the character Jackson feels so fucking Jolson-y to me and I mean that that sounds real weird to say but that's that was my interpretation of him is he's just like I'm, I'm the only black guy, so I gotta, like, black it up for you, right? <laughs> I'm so fucking sad. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> Fortunately, they killed me fast, so I can stop embarrassing myself. <laughs> work is work. <laughs> so... You know, they are at this train station and they're, they're, you know, they're doing a costume party because, you know, Halloween, <laughs> I guess. Um, I'm assuming Jamie Lee Curtis was supposed to be a pirate. I, you know, some of the, some of the costumes, it was like, I don't really fucking get this one. And uh, then some of them are just like... Uh, okay, like uh, Groucho Marx is really fucking obvious, and he, the Groucho Marx costume ends up kind of being the main costume that everybody seems to focus on, um, and just it's kind of visually striking, and you know, in the sense that. And, and, and this is one of the things that I thought was really cool is that all of the costumes that the killer wears are the costumes of the victims. And so, you know, each time he kills somebody, he puts on a new skin. And it's like, uh, or she, or they <laughs> put on a new skin. And, uh, Ed is Groucho. He's the first one to be killed. And, you know, because it's Ed, and he's, like I said, the wackiest of the whack pack. Him walking out with a sword sticking out of his body, everybody thinks it's a joke. He's bleeding, he's, he's like, dying. Everybody think, thinks that he's just having a good yuck-yuck time. And, uh, you know, uh, they don't overuse that gimmick in this movie. That's not overused as fuck. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, they establish the relationship with Mitchie and Alana. Alana, of course, being Jamie Lee Curtis and Mitchie being 
her, you know, really interesting friend who's a little bit looser in morals than Alana. Um, again, just one of the things that, you know, and, and I try to make a point to pay focus on stuff like this when it's done well is, you know, when you create characters and it's not like a getting to know you bang, 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 bang. There's a character, there's a character, there's a character, there's a character. When it, when it feels much more um, organic and natural, it's, it's done in a very interesting way. Like, they have all kinds of just random background insulary characters like Prez. Prez is a perfect example of just a character that's not like a main focus, but he's still a flushed out, thought out character. And again, I, I feel that, that that kind of stuff happens because you have young, hungry, independent filmmakers and actors wanting to, you know, get their fucking foot out there. And this is just, this is, and again, not, not cynical even for half of a second. It, and it's just, I, I don't know, dude, like that shit fucking works to me, man. Um, and then we have David Copperfield who is performing or playing a character that seems exactly how I would imagine David Copperfield to be kind of, you know, pretentious, obnoxious, and creepy with women. <laughs> Not for nothing. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> hindsight being what it is, this is like, this performance specifically, you know, he's not, he, I, I, he's played himself in other movies, I think, uh, but he doesn't like really act in movies, and uh, this performance feels like he's still kind of playing himself, if that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, apparently the, the tradition that they have, it's called hog night. And again, um, you know, these pledges, these newbies, these freshmen, they have to wear these fucking yarmulkes on their head until they have sex with a girl. And so Doc and Mo and Jackson because nobody's even like everybody's so fucking oblivious to the fact that Ed is you know died before they the train even started moving they're just like who gives a shit uh but they're going they're talking about uh the hog night and how it had to change because some kids got expelled and they say almost expelled because they're bragging about the fact that they fucking put this kid in a mental institution. And uh, Alana obviously harbors resentment to Doc. And it's, you know, she brings up the fact that, you know, he was institutionalized. And so you're, you're getting Kenny's story while, again, not it, it not being like, let's get the creepy old weird guy who, you know, is just going to go johnny exposition on it and tell you beat by beat what the story what the backstory is and why you know these things are happening it's done organically throughout the film 
And uh, so, you know, Mitchie being kind of a, a loose and flirtatious uh, young lady starts to flirt with Ed. Or at least who she thinks is Ed, but it's really, in fact, the killer. When Jackson ends up kind of intervening unwittingly and saves Mitchie from being murdered, only to be murdered himself. He's followed into the... He's led into a bathroom where he's fucking bludgeoned to death. (laughs) And it's just like... Yeah, it's it's really done poorly. Where they they do the reveal of who it is under the mask. Uh, Jackson says, "Oh no!" and then gets his head slammed into a mirror. When you realize who it is, big ass Jackson being. Anyway, <laughs> uh, fun story. You you also get a fun Vanity cameo. Uh, Vanity is uh, Jackson's girlfriend, and uh, she is hanging out with Ed's fucking date for the show or for the party. And uh, they're they're the dead boyfriends club apparently. So. Uh, Dead Boyfriends Club is picked up by Doc and Mo, and there's this, and I talked about it in My Bloody Valentine, I talked about it in Prom Night, and I'm going to talk about it in Terror Train, there's always this weird Canadian uh, love triangle, except in this film, it's Doc, Mo, and Alana, and, you know, it's like Doc and Alana are fighting over... The affections of Mo, which is fucking weird and interesting, but uh, <clears throat> it's just like this this fight that they've they're 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 both kind of fighting for his attention and affection, and uh, at one point Doc even says to Mo, he was like, if you know if she ever leaves you, you know I'm I'm here for you, or such like. If she dumps you, uh, you've always got me, you know. And he's like, I know. And then he's and then he like really like leans in and he's like, I mean it. <laughs> it's, it's like it's just to it's just to be kind of different, I guess. But again, they're in this story or this movie. There's you know kind of a. a Hard and loose play with sexual identity. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's it's just like Doc just seems like he's in love with Mo, and it's I'm not mad at it. I just it's just weird because there, there's just a couple of things in this film where I was just like, eh, that's. Uh, uh, is this supposed to be? Ah, okay. Um, Karn finds Jackson's body. And so he locks the fucking bathroom and uh, he, you know, 
goes and gets help and again they don't have a radio to call in or say anything so he's trying to be super duper casual about it when he goes and he takes the other guy back um you know because Jackson when he finds him is dead as dead as dead and uh he actually says a line that I fucking loved where he was like uh oh he's dead alright I never saw anybody as dead as that <laughs> it's just like again Karn is this real charming homespun fucking sweet guy like like you just immediately like glom to Karn like you know they have David Copperfield in the movie so you know Karn is kind of like I would liken him to um like good old boy version of Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell so this weird pull but it honestly makes sense it's like Bonanza Belding <laughs> Bonanza Belding sorry I had to have some coffee uh, but he's just you know like he's your your cool grandpa who you know they got a magician there and he's like you know doing card tricks for people on the train <laughs> and, and at one point uh, him and Jamie Lee Curtis or, or Alana are watching and uh she says something like, uh, do you know how it's done? And he's like, yeah, I do. And she's like, you, you care to share? And he's like, never tell. <laughs> we were sworn to secrecy. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I just, I really dig the character Karn. And, uh, you know, he, he gets, he gets his buddy to go and they go to find Jackson or to show him Jackson. When he goes in there, all the blood is gone and Jackson gets up. Now, of course, Jackson's wearing a mask, so it's not Jackson. We know it's not Jackson. We know it's the killer. And uh, Mitchie ends up popping up and um, going off with Jackson. And Karn is like, I don't know what's going on. Is this another one of these dumb pranks that these train or the, these medical students are pulling? So. He's suspicious, but he kind of just assumes, oh, it's just these kids being dicks. And so, like I said, Doc and Mo have taken the Dead Girlfriends Club off because Doc is trying to get Mo to plow Ed's girlfriend in a way to draw a wedge between Mo and Alana. While this is going on, Jackson and Mitchie sneak off into a train car and um, she's just straight up like like I heard you guys are, I heard black dudes got big ass dicks let's do this <laughs> it's just like what the fuck is this and you know so they start to fool around and she's like can you take those gloves off he just happens to have fucking Jackson's dead fucking hand to just in the glove already because he just knew that this trick was gonna happen 
Uh, but like she, he cops a feel with the dead hand, and uh, then pulls his hand out of the sleeve. And, you know she's dead. Um, Karn finds her as well, and now he's like, nope, this isn't a practical joke. Something's really going on, and he's acting suspicious. He runs into Alana, and he's holding her, you know, Mitchie's shoe. She discovers Mitchie's dead. Now it's no longer a you know, cover it up kind of thing. It's now, they're just, this is what's going on. So, while all this is going on, like I said, uh, Doc was trying to create this wedge between Mo and Alana. And Alana is looking for Mo, and he hears, or Doc tells Alana that Mo is waiting for him. So when she's looking for Mo, she hears him say to the con- or her say to Karn that Doc told him her that he would be here. So now Mo knows that Doc set him up. He's able to get away without any kind of confrontation, even though this chick is like stripped and you know tried to like th- like like aggressively throw it at him in a way that unrealistic but anyway he confronts Doc about you know trying to sabotage his relationship but then just watches a magic show with him and and lets it go (laughs) because movie (laughs) I guess Uh, but they're heckling the magician and the magician makes his assistant disappear and watching this movie with hindsight and everything it's so obvious what's going on you know so like maybe I don't remember when I originally if it seemed obvious then or what but it's super fucking obvious when you watch it. Knowing what I know. And I, I don't have the luxury of this being the first time I've seen it. But, anyway. The magic show, he, he makes the magician assistant disappear. Or reappear. Because he had made her disappear earlier in the film. So he had to make her reappear. When he makes her reappear... The show is over, and uh, Mo falls over, pretending to be dead, and Doc's having a good laugh at it, and until uh, he realizes that he's not pretending, and he picks up Mo, and he's screaming and carrying him, and he's trying to get help, and everybody thinks it's a joke, <laughs> because that hasn't been played out at this point, um, but. He finds fucking Alana and Karn, and he's, you know, trying to revive him, and he sees that he's just dead, and uh, freaks out, tries to stop the train. Train won't stop. He's pulling the brake. Train's not stopping. The the, the thing to uh, tell the fucking... It's not the conductor. It's the... Is it the conductor? I don't know enough about trains. Maybe I'll do some... Uh, research on the jobs of trainmen 
between now and the bonus cuts. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but Karn's like, that's not right. He goes up there and everybody's fucking gone. Nobody's driving the train. He ends up stopping the train. And uh, now he's got everybody off of the train. They're, you know, unmasking everybody. And um, he basically says, we can't just stay here in the snow. We'll freeze to death. We have to get back on the train as uncomfortable as it is. Now, while all of this is going on, Doc and Alana have, you know, looked at the yearbook and realized that Kenny is, uh, was in the magic club. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's so, like, clear as day that, like, the, they, they just conveniently, because, you know, everybody carries a yearbook with them when they go on a train party, right? to be able to pull up that Kenny Hampson was the fuck was in the magic club you know anyway uh so they think that Kenny is David Copperfield because they've never actually given David Copperfield a name and they just call him magician like I think he's even billed as magician in the movie um so they they freak out and Doc is trying to lock the both of them in their train car and Alana's like nah I ain't fucking sitting locked up in here we gotta fucking figure this out and tell you know somebody what's going on so they see somebody coming with an axe and she tries to go back in but he shuts and locks her out so he's locked himself completely in turns out it was one of the uh one of the conductors or whatever they're called <laughs> but it's yeah they she goes off to be safe and he realizes that he is in the fucking train car with the killer the killer uh conveniently has manicured nails like uh, nail polish on their fingers and their like feminine looking hands that grab his ankle and drop him and you know so he drags himself away and when he gets up to his knees a manicured hand grabs his shoulder and he says Mitchie I knew it was a fucking joke I knew it was a joke and then it wasn't a joke <laughs> uh, so the train is rolling again and we're gonna we're gonna stop kind of there in terms of talking about the movie because uh, most of these films are, are predicated on their finish and I'm gonna operate on the assumption that most of you have seen this film because why would you be listening to a review on a film or review on a film that you haven't seen uh, but I'm not going to spoil the ending on the off chance that you are a glutton for punishment. I will say that um, this is worth your time. Is it a great film? No, 
no, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't get nuts. Um, but is it a good film? Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it, it it's a lot of blurred line. In in the sense that you know, there's there's no real hero. There's no real villain. But none of the characters are necessarily unlikable. Except for Doc. Doc is a dick. Doc is a total dick for no reason, and he got what he fucking deserved. Um, everybody else, it's just shades of gray. Um, some of the performances are good. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is awesome in this movie. This is, again, um, and I talked about this, you know, when I discussed Prom Night. This is just prime Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, this in this year, if I'm not mistaken, she did The Fog, Prom Night, and Terror Train. And then the year after that was Halloween 2. And I, I, I could be completely off with the dates. I know that Prom Night and Terror Train she did in this year. Um, but that's like hit after hit after hit after hit, you know, within the horror genre. And... Then after that, she was just, you know, it's like road games and I'm out. And, uh, you know, can't fault her for it, but I mean, she was amazing in these movies and she brought a level of, you know, realism and, and like genuine fucking compassion and you, you cared about where she was going. But I can also understand how it could become formulaic for her and it, it did kind of become formulaic but it's a formula that I really enjoyed and I don't think that she has that formula anymore in terms of the, the films that she makes um, I, maybe you know if I ever review H2O psst, I'm reviewing H2O and all of the Halloween films in October if anybody interested this October I am reviewing the entire Halloween series don't tell anybody okay uh, it would be it it would be interesting to review that movie one day you know I just I think that you know it's there's a story to be told there that's all I'll say about that and um, so we're gonna get into Reapers now and for me I'm going to come in with Three out of five Reapers. Zero being the lowest, five being the highest. This is right in the middle. I, I didn't think that the gore was particularly um, atrocious. I didn't think it was excessive. I didn't think that it was, you know, anything to write home about either. So, I, I thought that while some of the performances, um, Karn, Alana, Mitchy. Doc, Mo, and Prez. Like, I like Prez. And there's a scene in the film where he's talking about blowing up uh, Middle Easterners, and it's just like, ooh, cringe. Uh, but he's just a throwaway character that's enjoyable, and it's like, there, there's just this enjoyability of, you know, lush, fresh, friendly, um, welcoming kind of characters that exist in a world and the world feels flushed out and you know violent things just happen to happen in that world and I like that 
it's not the best Jamie Lee Curtis movie by any stretch of the imagination. It's not the best Jamie Lee Curtis horror film by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a fun fucking movie. And um, I think that the bonus cuts episode will be interesting. That will be coming out uh, next Monday, bonus cuts Mondays, creature feature Fridays. That's the way it's going to go for uh, now until, uh, you know, the, the mood takes me a different way. But for now, that's the way that the show will go. If you enjoy that idea and that concept, uh, feel free to let me know. There's tons of ways that you can get a hold of me. Well, technically three. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash CreaturePod. Following on Twitter and Instagram at CreaturePod. This is a one-man show, you guys. So um, those are the ways to get a hold of me. If you have opinions on the show, you want to let me know what you think of them. Uh, you could also, you know, I don't know, say a nice thing on an iTunes, a Stitcher. Uh, share the show with somebody that you like. If you like the show. If you don't like the show, share it with somebody that you don't like. Either way, share the show. Uh, why you would get this far to hear me say this and you don't like the show? Like, if I don't like something, I'd turn it off. So, if you're hearing this, thank you for liking the show. I'm going to assume you like the show. Either that or you're a fucking masochist. Um, anyway. <laughs> Shows I want to recommend. Uh, <clears throat> Horror Haven Podcast. Hey, have you mentioned... Have I mentioned that show before? Yeah, I like them. I think you should check them out. Uh, Beyond the Void. I, I really, really fucking dig everything that Alex does. And apparently... I heard from a bird that uh, he's going to have the director of Psycho Gorman on the show. So, you know, you might want to check that out. Uh, you know, I've mentioned the show maybe probably once or twice, but I, I feel it bears repeating it. It's not necessarily horror, but I find it kind of like a horror movie podcast, which it's not talking about horror movies. It's kind of like a horror movie. Uh, it's called Tannis. And it's, you know, like a radio theater style uh, podcast that I, that I really fucking enjoy. And, uh, you know, I, if, you're, if you're just looking for something to listen to on the drive, you know, or while you're at work, Tannis to me is, uh, personally speaking, probably one of my all-time favorite podcasts. There, I said it. Uh, also... Wrestling Soup, Anthony Missionary Thomas, and Joey Numass. Yes, Numass, not Numbers. It's Numass. Uh, they talk about professional wrestling, but they also talk about a myriad of things that have nothing to do with wrestling, and you you just gotta love it because it's 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 a lot of fun. You know, uh, I've I've come to a conclusion that. You know, podcasts need to be one of three things. They need to be informative, they need to be funny, or they need to be short. If you could get two of those three things, great. If you get three of those three things, fucking A. They usually get three of three. So, Wrestling Soup. WrestlingSoup.com. And if you go to WrestlingSoup.com, you know what you'll find? Us. That's right. 
they are uh, streaming our show on WrestlingSoup.com, so you can check it out that way as well. Uh, you know, however you want to hear the show. Uh, well, if you want to listen to it on WrestlingSoup.com, GeeksToTheIndustry.com, iTunes, or Stitcher, I gotta figure out other ways to show. Um, anybody wanna wanna help me with that? <laughs> anyway. Uh, that is going to do it for us. Like I said, we will see you guys on Monday for the bonus cuts. But for Karn, for Mo, for Doc, for Mitchie, for Jackson, for Ed, for Prez, and for Alana, and for Kenny, and for myself. Again, my name is Chunky. This has been another episode of The Tuggy. Jeffy just podcast on geeks of the industry.com stitcher and apple podcast listen someone you trust Alpha Sigma Rho, one has to do what? To stay in Garth Manor one night. And why is this night so special? Because 12 years ago, Raymond Garth murdered his family here and then committed suicide. And when the police arrived, they discovered a note written by Raymond Garth describing the entire gruesome act. But strangely, they only discovered three dead bodies. Andrew is still believed by some to be living somewhere within this house. Hey, let's party! Quaaludes and Jack Daniels. Oh my gosh. This is one radical chick. <laughs> All right! Now the fun begins. <laughs>
Hey! Robin Hood to the rescue! Woohoo! Pray for day, hell night. <laughs> <laughs> 